each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And when they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. With the angels, when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds had told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen that was as it was told to them. The Gospel of the Lord. Happy Christmas Eve. Can I say that? Is that liturgically correct? Amen. We are coming out of the season of Advent, and in many ways, this is a really unusual short season of Advent that we've had, but it's been incredibly rich by the theme of waiting that Pastor Rick has kind of called us to kind of wade and walk into, and uh, Luke's gospel really kind of helps us do that. And so tonight is our Christmas Eve service here at Wilmore Anglican Church. And this Christmas Eve service coming out of this season of Advent with this deep, rich, abiding, sweet theme of waiting and watching for the Lord. In this short season, this kind of shortened season of Advent, where I kind of feel like we're kind of caught in between, we're getting ready to jump fully into Christmas. In some ways, we actually just did with all of the scripture readings, if you were like me, it's kind of like drinking from a fire hydrant with all of these verses. We've been watching and waiting, and all of a sudden, here you go, Christmas is here, here are these verses. 
And so we're kind of in this liminal space in this moment. We're going to light candles. We're going to sing songs here in a few minutes. But the Celtic saints believed that thresholds and liminal spaces were kind of these thin places where this in-between or these moments in where we experience and, and encounter God. And there's so much that we could look at in these verses that uh, from the Old Testament reading, the scriptures throughout Isaiah, we see the prophecies that were foretold of the coming Christ, the Messiah, the child, the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the one who will come on our behalf, who will be the prince of peace, our mighty God, who will come for us, our Messiah. We see the richness of the psalm reading this evening that we sang that for to us is a bright light that is shown in Isaiah. We're reminded that Christ is the light of the world. And here in a few moments when we light the candles, we're reminded that Jesus is that light and that we light that candle. And just like the the children's song that uh, many of us sang and many of our kids continue to sing is this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine, that tonight we're reminded that as sons and daughters of Christ, the King, who was born in a manger, light of the world, born in a dark place, born in the midst of uh, really a troubling season, a time, born in a manger because there was no room for him in an inn, that it was in that manger, this dark place, that the bright light shone. And in many ways, all of these verses bring together an incredible holy convergence throughout the ages that we have prophetic words that were given hundreds of years before the birth of Christ. And if we merge looking at uh, Matthew's gospel and Luke's gospel, we have these stories that are converging, where God brings together in the fullness of time. You have in Matthew's gospel, uh, we have the story of the wise men, which we're going to look at here in a few weeks as we get into Epiphany. But we see that they're following the stars, looking for the signs of the coming of the Messiah, and they're following and, and through, throughout the months that's leading them to this holy place where the Christ child will be born. And as we see in the book of Luke, we see the shepherds, humble shepherds, uh, the, the play that... Um, uh, we saw this morning, uh, I, I, thought, I thought it was kind of fun, the, the truckers, uh, as, uh, as, as we heard this morning. These, these were just ordinary people that the angels of the Lord chose to come to. And we're reminded in that part of the story that God comes to ordinary women and men. Just like you and me, God comes to bring salvation and good news, heralding the good news of the Christ child to ordinary people, not in, to princes and palaces, but the Prince of Peace comes to ordinary people in ordinary places. As Francis Schaeffer wrote in one of his books, he said, there are or- no ordinary people and there are no ordinary places. But God is the God who is the extraordinary God who enters into our world and comes as one of us, The beauty, the mystery of the incarnation is that the king of the universe, the God who made all things, comes and is begotten, not made. And Jesus 
becomes like one of us. He takes on flesh through the incarnation. He comes to Mary through the story of uh, the angel. Kind of Mary's story begins when the angel comes, Gabriel comes and says, hey, hail Mary, you are going to give birth to a child and the Holy Spirit is going to overshadow you and come to you. And Mary says, yes, be it unto me. I don't fully understand how this will be or what all of this means or the full implications. But in that moment, Mary says, yes. And so there's so many parts of the story that we could kind of hone in on tonight. I want to hone in on the verse, if the little uh, brochure, the bulletin that you got tonight. There are three paintings uh, that I've actually painted over the last two years depicting themes of Advent leading into Christmas. And there's Mary, who said yes. Mary, in many ways, is the prototype of how all of us should be willing to say yes and willing to say, be it unto me according to your word. Now, again, we just had the fire hydrant of verses. Like, I'm still just, wow, we, you could do a sermon on any verse or any chapter that we just heard. But there's something about Mary in these verses Now, the shepherds, I love their response. They're ordinary people again. They say, let us go and find where this message, let us go and see, and they go. And then they experience, they see Jesus, the Christ child, and then they go and they proclaim and they share the story. It's an amazing action story. There's so much happening here. But this one verse in verse 19 can get lost in the mix and there's something as I was praying over this last week, actually um, leading into this last weekend, I had a retreat at the Abbey of Gethsemane as I was kind of praying and mulling over these verses. My heart and my mind was drawn to that one verse. It's a contemplative passage. It's a passage in which here is Mary who has carried Jesus. We've talked about over the last few weeks this theme of waiting and watching and wrestling Here is Mary, who has carried Christ in her womb for nine months. So imagine all that she's gone through. An angel comes to her and says, you're going to have a baby. She says, how is this possible? I've not even, I've never known a man. Like, imagine if this was you. There's all these stories between the stories. There's the amazing account where we heard in in the verse tonight, uh, a few weeks ago, we had the, the, the little, um, uh, on the Wednesday evening, uh, when uh, Carol did the little act where Mary encounters Elizabeth, and uh, Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Spirit, and the, the words of prophecy that come, and the, 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 the child in her womb leaps for joy. Mary's thinking about these things, but then there are months of unnamed moments and I want you to think about this for a minute. All the verses that we've heard tonight, they're, they're pretty action-packed. It's pretty amazing. Like, imagine if a bunch of angels showed up here tonight. You'd be talking about it. You'd be thinking about it. But Mary had weeks and months upon end that we are not even told about what she wrestled with. We're not even told about her own inner struggles, her own family struggle dynamics, perhaps. And then we know the story about how they are looking for a place in the inn. Rick alluded to this this morning, but 
In essence, Mary and Joseph in this moment, they're homeless. They're migrants. They're uh, in, in an in-between place, this liminal space. They're neither here nor there. They're in a manger. They're in a stinky manger. And this is where our Lord was born. So imagine Mary's response. One verse I want to hone in on, two words. One is Mary treasured these things in her heart, and she pondered them and kept them. So the word treasure means to keep, to hold, to store up. The Bible tells us to store up treasure in heaven and not on the things of this earth. It also has this idea of hiding away, taking something and hiding it away so it's not lost in the mix of all the busyness, of all the excitement. So in the middle of the crazy, fast-paced world that we're living in, um, we saw this in the skit this morning, that we are coming out of this season of waiting, but the danger is that we forget what we were waiting for. We're waiting for Christ our Savior, who comes to us in the midst of our brokenness in the midst of our busyness, in the midst of our struggles. He has come, and that's what we celebrate tonight. And so we're reminded through the life of Mary that we need to treasure the message of Christ. We need to treasure, we need to hold dear, we need to... uh, It even has this idea of hiding away the message, that we need to guard it in our hearts, that it is not stolen from us from the busyness and all the worries, and all the anxieties of the world, we need to hide that Christ child deep in our hearts tonight. Just like you would when you have a baby. I remember when Kay and I first had Elizabeth. Now, we were, um, I remember we were pastoring a church in the mountains, and Elizabeth was born in the wintertime, and I remember people would drop off food at the door, and Kay would crack the door and be, take the food and be like, all right, thank you, and shut the door. And like, we were hiding Elizabeth away. We were treasuring her because we, we, were, we, we, we just didn't want to share too soon. And we treasured those moments. I'll never forget those early moments when we first had our first child, Elizabeth. Jesus is born in our hearts like a child. And just like a, a mother with a newly born child guards that child, we are to guard our love, our passion, and our Christ child in our heart. There's a spiritual analogy and parallel. I love the verse from Romans that at the beginning of Advent, we read from the Message Bible where it says we are enlarged in the waiting. And the parallel is that in the same way that there's this outward pregnancy, there's a spiritual inward pregnancy in our hearts, that Christ is literally born in our hearts. And so we are to treasure Christ tonight. Do not lose Jesus. Do not lose the baby Jesus in the midst of this crazy, insane world. Now, let me tell you how crazy this is. Last week, the kids are just out of school, and I'm like, let's go to the summit and get a latte, and we're going to go to Whole Foods, and it's going to be fun, and we're pulling in. I'm trying to find a parking space, and somebody whips out in front of me, and there's a, um, you know, there are children in the room tonight. There's a, a finger goes up. There were words. I was like, whoa, oh, my goodness. Somebody needs a Christmas hug. <laughs> This guy, 
you know, I had to pray, Lord, all right, Jesus, Jesus is the reason for the season, amen, can I get an amen? Treasuring Jesus, you know, Jesus, Jesus, help me, help me in that moment. Wow, yes, it really happened. And I'll tell you another story. Kay and I were, <laughs> were shopping last week, and we, we go into the store, we look around, and we're like, where's the Christmas stuff? The Valentine's stuff is already out. Like, the world is already, they've already forgotten about Christmas. They're already moving. So the lesson for Mary for us tonight is to treasure, to slow down, to, guess what? Christmas, tomorrow's Christmas. Christmas is more than a day, and this is what I love about the liturgical year. As Anglicans, we take 12 days to celebrate Christmas. We take this whole season of Advent, we take seasons and remembrance very seriously, as does the Scriptures. So Mary treasured the second thing she pondered. I love that word pondered. There's a mystery to it. Now I'm going to throw this in for Rick, because N.T. Wright, in his New Testament for everybody, translation of this verse. Rick, I'm trying to get brownie points, Rick, so I want some more of those bourbon balls later. That's, that's what this is for. N.T. <laughs> Wright translates, I love this, the word ponder with the word mused. She treasured and she mused. This idea of musing. And the definition of the word muse is to think on something carefully and for a very long time. One of the biggest challenges with the church in North America is we focused on getting people saved as like an event. Got to get saved. When was the date, the hour that you accepted Jesus? And then we just quickly move on to the other stuff. We graduate, as it were. We move on. But the scriptures tell us to treasure, to ponder, and to muse. I love that definition, to think on something carefully and for a very long time. God, one of the things we see from the Old Testament, from the Jewish scriptures to the New Testament fulfillment of Christ as the Messiah, who came first to the Jews and then to the Gentiles, God actually was thinking about this for a very long time. And I remember during the pandemic, a good friend of mine, Chris, who's a, a pastor in Atlanta, said this to me. He said, Winfield, he's got this great Atlanta, Georgia accent. He says, Winfield, God tells long stories. God's telling a long story. And you and I are a part of that story. We're invited to join in that story tonight by the reenactment. Why do we read all these scriptures anyway? Because we're joining the story. We are restoried by the story of God. And one of the things we do week in and week out through the scripture readings, through the psalms, the, the hymns that we sing, through the remembrance of the Eucharist, we are being storied. We are joining in the great story. And that is what we're reminded of tonight. So I want to call us, I want to invite us to respond like Mary. Go, go, go see, experience the action, be like the shepherds, go and see and then go and tell. But be like Mary who ponders deeply. Edwin Hoder, who's uh, the great hymn writer, says, Thy word is like a deep, deep mine. 
and jewels rich and rare are hidden in its mighty depths for every searcher there. So what was Mary pondering? I'm going to end on this. What was Mary pondering? She was pondering all of it. The good, the bad, the ugly, she had real struggles. If we read in between the scriptures, there was real struggle. She's also pondering the miracles. She's pondering the moments and the months that we never hear about in the scriptures. For those of us that maybe recently had a child, I can vaguely remember this when you first feel the first kick of a baby in the womb. And the mother says, hey, come here and feel this. The baby's kicking. No, that's not a kick. Oh, my gosh, it's a kick. Mary's pondering this stuff. She's pondering that she just gave birth to the Messiah, to the Christ child. She's pondering the good, the bad. She's pondering we're sleeping in an inn tonight. Or we're we're not sleeping in an inn. We're sleeping in a manger. Most of all, I think she was pondering that it's real, that God is a God of his word, that the God who came and spoke to me through the angel Gabriel, those words have come to pass. I want to call us tonight as we get ready to pray and reflect on just the richness of all of this with the lighting of candles here in a few moments. What are the promises that God has given? What are the promises that he has fulfilled? Oftentimes, we move to the next thing and we quickly forget what God has done. What are the promises even over this last nine months of maybe the small miracles that God has done in your life? What are the promises yet to be fulfilled? What are the things that God has planted in your heart that you're pregnant with that are yet to come to pass that you want to give to the Lord this night? So like Mary, I don't want to invite every one of us, young and old, to come to the manger, to ponder, to treasure up, to hold dearly the mystery of it all, that Jesus was born this night of a virgin in a manger in a tiny town called Bethlehem. And that with God, there are no ordinary places that God chose to have the Son of creation, the Son of God, born in a humble manger in a backwoods town in the middle of nowhere. And if God chose a place like that, and if he chose ordinary people like Mary and Joseph to carry that child, God also chooses you and I tonight to be carriers, to receive that same gift of his son Jesus. And that as we light these candles here in a few moments, we are also called to be light to the world. That yes, we live in a dark world. We live in a world of wars. We live in a world of incredible challenges. But tonight, dear friends, we have the answer. And it is Jesus who is the Prince of Peace, the Mighty God, the Wonderful Counselor, the everlasting Father. Almighty God, tonight we celebrate the gift of your Son, Jesus, who was freely given to every one of us. I pray tonight that, Lord, within our hearts and our lives, we would receive the Christ child, that Jesus would be born in our hearts this night.
the Christ, the Messiah, promised of old and fulfilled in the coming of your son, Jesus. And Lord, in the same way he was the light of the world and is the light of the world, that we also might take our lights that will light here in a few moments. And as we extinguish those lights, that light will still burn in our hearts and our lives. That all those that we encounter as we go back out into the world would see the light of Christ. We ask all of this in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.